Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch here. And we are here for the Helen Cell 2020 Potion coming to you live off of the heels of the pay per view. Yet another wonderful post show. Hope you guys all enjoyed everything that's been going on so far in regards to the WWE Universe and wrestling in general. That being said, thank you for joining us, all of you who have been in the chat room all night. And of course, those of you listening, TalkBrunch.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, all audio providers, podcast providers, and so on and so forth. And of course, joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Destin Soglo Frazier. For like three seconds, I thought he forgot to introduce me. I was like, are you shitting me? Nah, you gotta switch it up a bit. I'm not gonna forget okay. that. There's no way to forget <laughs> things here. Come on, if there's one thing you know about him, we may not always be on time, but you know, we, we dot our eyes and we cross our T's. For a minute, I was like, am I going to sleep on one liner in here? Okay, isn't it different? <laughs> that would be awful. So, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. The ones that we usually find underwhelming. What are your thoughts in general? I mean, not to be a spoiler, but we didn't have a no contest this year. So. Well, not for the Hell in the Cells, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not for those. Anything else, I mean, cool, but that was my issue the last two years. Like, you can't tell me the same match where I've seen Mick Foley fall off the top of it three separate times. You can just be like, nope, they're done. Yeah, not clearly not. But, uh, yeah, this was an interesting evening. I can't say that I have much to complain about. Uh, the kickoff had Jeff Jarrett. Right, I hadn't seen him in so long. It's just so weird, you know, seeing him not covered in GFW gold. Thank you for the host. I'm assuming that was probably cool, though. Yeah, that was cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's been a few months since I last saw him, actually. Yeah, there he is. Commentary, huh? Yeah, his first kickoff, though. Yeah, I was not expecting that out of all the people that you would think that they would use for that. Right, but then again, I guess eventually you have to mix it up occasionally, so. Yeah, yeah, always, always. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of what happened here. They uh, The kickoff really didn't have too much special aside from the match, obviously, but the one thing was they did recap SmackDown, uh, some of the stuff in SmackDown, including the Law and Otis segment, which we're thankfully not going to have to talk about tomorrow night. Uh, oh, where everyone's Jesus. Everyone's taking the stand. It's really, it's really, uh, I mean, the only thing funny about it, she doesn't even have anything to do with the angle, is Asuka. You know, yeah, because, Asuka uh, was the one funny thing. Screaming in Japanese and like, you know, looking very encouraging, but no one knew what the hell she was saying. And she was kind of, that was it. But Ms. and Morrison are like really corny, you know? Dude, like at this point, I like this Miz, I, I don't accept this Miz in my universe. This is worse than real world Miz. This is, uh, the equivocal to me of like all the bad things about dude, where's my car? Like that kind of humor. Like it's it's literally just freaking Miz and Taya's wife. Like I don't know, you know. And there was only a short era where I was really high on Morrison, uh, and the, and he didn't really even get utilized there. Yeah, then, that was when the stuff he used to do was original. Now it's just you. What you're not doing the stuff everybody else does now. <laughs> yeah, but with the Miz, it was more like all right. So you have a guy who's like a former world champion who's extremely pushable who had a lot of momentum, and then you decided, you know, it would be great to put back a team that never got over. 
you know and then really and it make them like 10 times more annoying because now they're like at least at that point it was believable like they're grown-ass men like the, the, the miz has kids he got kids you know what i mean it's just kind of like i'm supposed to believe that that guy you know he got kids morrison got married like you know i'm supposed to believe that these men are, are this what they're doing back these, these are the backstage shenanigans of miz and morrison it's almost like they they literally just discarded all of the character development from when they first came and just put them back on that team which was weird like you know how bothered I'd be for somebody for me to show somebody wrestling now. They see the Miz now, and I'd be like, you know that guy WrestleMania at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. You know how bad I feel telling him that. Like, come on now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Really, really bad stuff there. But yeah, everyone yeah, gets I, defaulted during times like this. That's pretty much what it's about. So to recap on uh, that, which, which we'll get back to later. But the but the kickoff match officially is our truth versus Drew Gulak. This was announced literally like about forty minutes before they were going to go into the kickoff. So they just literally threw something out there. Uh, finishes with truth going over with, uh, it was a jackhammer pin, I believe, right? A jackknife, rather. Yeah, the old, uh, jackknife cradle. Yeah. So, uh, so as far as the match goes, uh, so what can I really say about this? I don't mind our truth humor. Okay. I think he's one of the highlights of WWE as far as how funny he is and how entertaining he is. Especially because it's natural for him. Yeah. That being said, that's our truth. You know what I mean? Gulak, Gulak being funny doesn't work for me. And we've been down this route a few times already with Gulak. You know, they tried that with the PowerPoint presentation. It's like they keep taking what is what is with this obsession? Who is it? I would like to at least know who it is so we know who we're to be hot at. But what's this obsession where like you got a guy who's like a shooter guy who's like straight, like he's the Malenko style, like and he's known for his serious attributes. And you just have to have some some funny shit with him. You have so many funny people, but whenever they get these characters, they're like respected, like, like around the world and stuff. They just make them into these cartoons. Like, so I don't know what it is. We already tried the gulak on the old 205 Live with the PowerPoint. It didn't work. Then they made him back into the serious gulak where we're supposed to start believing the shoot character again. And here he is messing with little Jimmy. You know, like somewhere out there, the former members of Catch Point are like, we let this guy lead us. No wonder we're broken up. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and like with this match, I love how. They're sitting there, and they're, basically what they're telling us is that Truth can hit almost all of Cena's moves, but can get only a near fall and then completely miss his two finishers. Because he hit yeah. the lie detector and got a two and completely missed the ass kick. Mm-hmm. But the Cena thing is not cutting it. Stop it. It isn't. Yeah. And, and when it comes also to the, to the whole kickoff thing, going to the panel. Um, nice job, WWE taking a little cheap shot at Jared's past addiction, but in the end, that's what they do. You did catch that too, right? I'm glad you yes. brought that up. Holy shit! So it wasn't just me. I was wondering. No, that. it was you. I caught it too. When they had when they had a uh, freaking Elias come out, right? Yeah, and he was just like something about guys with the name Jeff sells junkie. And he was it was it was like within the storyline, it was a jab, it was a jab at Jeff Hardy being a junkie, but out well, of the kayfabe, you could tell Jared's he went right up to Jared and he said that Jeff means junkie or whatever and you saw how uncomfortable that man looked yo that's the, that's how wwe is. fucks with people as much as they try I, to say I, that I they don't and that is disrespectful corporation that's an example right there i'm glad you brought that i didn't want to bring it up because i figured if someone else brings it up then it's not just me because i was like there, there's no way that they'd be that tasteless oh don't it, it's perfectly believable i'm surprised they didn't go worse but uh so? yeah wwe i don't know which one of them is in the back right in that line i need that man to get stung by at least six or seven murder hornets that joke has never been funny. It's never going to be funny. And literally, what did that accomplish? It's crazy it's- to think that they would do that. When I saw, you know, to think that that's how 
harsh I really thought it was, Destin, that I was in denial. You know what I mean? Like I was legitimately in denial. Like when I saw it, I was like, it couldn't, maybe it wasn't meant to be that way, but it, it was, man. It really like, was, right? And you know what the sad part about it? You say you're shocked. I'm not, I will never be shocked at the piece of shit this company is that they'll take a jab at somebody's past addiction. We saw Jared when he was drunk in Mexico throwing tortillas in the crowd. We saw how bad that was. Was but this company just to get just to try to put over Elias's match with something nobody needed because now let's be real, not that many people care about this match. Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna take a little jab here at Jared's addiction. No, no, that's crazy. That 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 that'll get over before Drew. That that'll get over before Drew Lagney and Funny does. Yeah, that that really that sucks more than anything, you know. And only this company does that. Like TNA did it once. But it was literally right after Jeff came back, and it actually benefited to the story. They do it just to do it. Yeah, that is really hard. Once again, how can all these other companies get that right? But this is the one place that isn't. But this is the mecca. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right about it. And again, I didn't. I, it, it slipped my mind by the time we got out here, and I didn't note it or anything, just because I was a little bit unsure. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things where I was like, if this comes up again, then I'll know for sure. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Believe me, I I I caught it. And literally didn't forget about it the rest of the show. Wow. Let me see if I could find it. I wasn't planning on, on running it, but I mean, we probably where like I ha- I'd have to find out where exactly in the uh, in their show it was, you know. Yeah, it's, it's such a. It took him a while like, to gather himself too. That's what made me. Really oh yeah, I don't think he ever me. recovered for that rest of that second. He was okay later. Let's see if we could find out where. At it least was. until he went to like another commercial, but like. Even him, you could tell, like, why would you come on here and say that? Yeah, Jerry, I need you to shut your mouth for a minute, okay? <laughs> See that? Yeah, so hold on. Jeff, I seen your mug up on a Thunderdome screen. I'm sitting here knowing you're going to dress like Elias for Halloween. <laughs> What's with guys named Jeff? Jeff Jarrett and Jeff Hardy. If I didn't know any better, I'd think Jeff was Spanish for junkie. <laughs> he looked right at him. He looked look look right at him. him. Look at how uncomfortable he looks. Now look at Jeff Jeff for the rest like of the segment. Look. look at the look I, I on like his face. Oh, and look at what he's doing. Is. He starts fidgeting with the paper this in front of him. The Credit One Bank one to watch. This oh, they cut away one. in this version. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Right, look well, at him here. See him? I think they cut away in a lot of Okay, see, yeah, here it is. Face off to determine Watch him. who the rightful owner of that He's money in the bank papers. briefcase is. A trial was held this past Friday night on Smackdown. What's his name over there? Sam Roberts D. Or whatever his name is. He, he, uh, he's looking at him like there's just an awkwardness. He's doing everything he can to walk over there. Like, it is crazy that they did that. And you notice he didn't say anything for the rest of it. Like, if I'm Jared, to hell with the contract, to hell with the job, I'm reaching back there and I'm punching a hole through Elias' fucking face. And then I'm finding whoever wrote that and punching a hole through their face. Oh, man. That shit's not cool. It's never going to be cool. It's never been cool. But for years, the place everybody wants to be has been doing it. Yeah, that was that was in bad form. Like, that was a bitch-made move. Like, what the fuck? And what was that supposed to accomplish? That's the part I really want to know. What was that supposed to get me more excited about the match? 
Was that supposed to make me help, help, um, hope for a Jeff Jarrett run in 2020? No, it was a dig that they know only the dirt sheets and the podcast like us would pick up on and it would be over everyone else's head and it would be within kayfabe. It's enough. It's what they do, man. Like it was literally a dig. It's just enough there where as usual, just the people like us know it and Jared and obviously the people in the, in the business know it, but the mainstream, which is the majority, you know, it, it, it was nothing, you know? So it's what they've always done. If we didn't think about it, if we didn't know the backstory of Jeff Jarrett and everything that we know about them and their history and the way that they operate, if you were just someone who just tunes into wrestling, that meant nothing to you. So when you really think about it, you know, no one really gives credit for how small of a part of the demographic people like us are and the dirt sheets and the people who know who Dave Meltzer is or what things are that are happening and what a shoot is and shit. You know what I mean? Like they do that because it's such a small demographic. It's the same demographic that's already reporting and talking shit anyway. That's going to pick up on that. They don't care. They did it on purpose. They literally have nothing to lose. It's no different than on Jackbox when somebody on Quiplash, if somebody puts in a clever answer on a card, where to most people it just looks like a clever answer. But you know, there's enough of a, of a tight-knit community when you look at it, you go, oh... You know, that was somebody in WWE that literally did that with the Jeff Jarrett thing. Oh, Jeff says our stuff is funny. Yeah. But I mean, we've known that there are people that don't like Jeff Jarrett. To me, it's more of a, I'm more surprised that he's there than I am that they fuck with him. Like, I'm still to this day when I see him. Like, wow, Jeff Jarrett's around, around them? Right. The guy who held Vince up for money to drop the IC title and then had to go and they had to give him the money and then he went out there and dropped it and they basically cut him off completely. That dude. That's crazy. Who had, who had heat with Stone Cold Steve Austin for trying to fuck with his gimmick? That guy. And then when, oh yeah, by the way, the founder of TNA, total nonstop action competition for a while there. Yeah, but then again, you know, they try to make nice for everybody, so I'm almost not surprised. And then the gold guy, gold, gold, gold fanatical wrestling or whatever the fuck that was that he did for a while there. (laughs) And then just back, Hall of Fame and like nothing. He's just back. There has to be heat there, especially from the old timers, man. Somebody backstage in Gorilla made life do that shit, you know? So it's, it's almost like I see both sides of it. It's not cool that it happened, but you know they're going to mess with them. Yeah, so they're the only place that seems to do that. Right? Yeah. It was clever. It, like, yeah. again, it was so clever that I felt uncomfortable, but wasn't, a hun- I needed that replay and I needed you to say it too. Like, I need to hear somebody else. It was like, man, was that as uncomfortable as it felt? And think and about it's funny it. That when it, it, when like, they do stuff like that, and now they wonder why we'll probably want to talk about it on Monday, why certain people, instead of showing up there, go other places. You know, and, and like even myself, who watches a lot of this stuff and is aware of the history, needed to take a minute and question, did they just, you know, that, <laughs> you know, once you said it though, because I forgot till that moment, I was like, you I was going to write it down in my notes, and then I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to, if it comes up to somebody says anything, but then when you say it, I was like, yes, that shit happened. <laughs> you know what I think it is? It's because you still have a semblance of faith that they won't go there. I expect the shit. And because when it was happening, I wasn't looking for something until it lays kind of like by the time it hit me, like it was like almost like a delayed reaction, like Elias had already walked off. But you know what, man? Going back now on the air and looking at that clip as it happened, that shit was delayed. You see, he looked right at him. I didn't see that the he first time. Dead, he, yeah. he fucking looked right at him. And you know what the, the funny thing about it is? Until this point, and probably for the past maybe year or so, I'd forgotten about it. Like, he looked right at Jeff Jarrett and called him a junkie. And the other dude, what's his name? Rosen, Rosenman? Yeah, Pete Rosenberg. Yeah, he, 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 looked, he, looked, he looked like he was looking for an escape route in the case of Jeff getting up to, out of that chair and chasing down the We lives. need to meme this, but he looked at him like that best friend that was there after you got your ass whipped. 
Yeah, are you good? Yeah. <laughs> like he looked at him. <laughs> you alright? You want like some he juice? He looked at him <laughs> like if like with that you alright look. It was like the same look of like that friend whose friend just found that his girl was cheating on him. Yeah, no. Nah, like you yeah. don't know what's about to happen next, but you know you will have to deal with it. Yeah, no. Nah. He I totally, want to see. What, I want. I want to know what happened after the camera started rolling. Like he totally, for that moment, you could tell, tell that I don't know much about Rosenberg, but you could tell he was empathetic. That you know, he totally freaking uh, sammed his Frodo. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. sighs> but yep, that's what they do. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. If you don't have, if you have a grievance with the man, don't hire him. You know. Exactly. Don't nobody like that petty shit. And see, the problem with it is, yeah, the majority doesn't know the inside of the joke. The majority also, I believe, occasionally sometimes listen to podcasts. You think we're not going to be out here talking about that shit? We'll make sure they know. <laughs> they don't know now, but they will by the time we're done. Well, they want us to know. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. That'd be the dumbest logic ever. Hey, let's give the dirt sheet something to talk shit about. Like, I mean, Come on. They, they have a big company. There are people that do these kind of things maliciously on their little Twitter accounts for no money all day. You don't think that there would be people if they had a billion-dollar corporation company with a television thing that would, would troll people? Literally, people do this for free all day on their little shitty screens on their Twitter accounts with their little bit of followers. They can't resist the temptation of just being trolls out there. You don't think that similar personalities have uh, access to stuff like this? That's what WWE is. <laughs> million-dollar trolls it's, exactly they are they, they are million dollar trolls we got to remember that because that's what we're going to call them from now on they're the million dollar trolls just because they have money it's not any different than the people you see online that are that are willing to just say something that's to piss people off but they're just doing it on a grand scale plus profiting off of it because you got to pay Maybe that's why i hate shit. them so much because it's on the network you got to pay for them to troll you <laughs> so Maybe that's the root of it all it's because they're no better than the twitter trolls just with money they are they're twitter trolls on money this has always been the case as you get older, and this is what politics, this is what everything. As you get older, the, 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 the scary part about getting older isn't knowing that death is coming soon or no. That's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's realizing that, that everybody around you pretty much is all the same shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is no, like, there's no one who's, uh, these big corporations and companies and places and politicians are no different. What I mean by that than like just the people that you meet that are trolls. They're just trolls with power and money. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I'm surprised it, it caught him. It caught him worse than I would have imagined, too. I think that's what gave it away for me. Just how it looked like it legit upset him. You know, it's just like, oh, they they got the design. Like a lot of people no sell their bullshit. You know what I mean? Like they put people he in humiliating angles. Upset. But yeah, they literally caught him. Like that's what they that's what they were going for. Whenever you see certain things in WWE look weird, always remember that that might be what the desired effect was that they try to get out of people. And they got it. They got it there. Whether or not people think that it was justified or they deserved it or not, that's subjective. I'm not I'm not going to sway your opinion one way or another because I, I understand the history and the heat, you know. But then again, I also understand sincerity and forgiveness. And I'm not saying that means be sincere and forgive people. But I'm saying if you're going to be all in, be all in. Apparently, there was some sort of a reconciliation here, right? Which, right. if we're not going to be hypocrites about he's this, in their Hall of Fame, in kickoff panels, you know, doing bits and stuff like, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, hold out the olive branch, either do it or don't. Don't do it and then shit on somebody. Like no one else would have tolerated that as good as he took it. Even though you could see he was visibly like, just to give you some examples, I don't want to stand this too long because they have a whole a whole show to cover. But just to give you some examples, imagine the other people that they've uh, mended fences with. 
if they would have pulled something like that. Like, imagine if they would have done that to Warrior. You know what I mean? Like, if they would have just done some shit that he knew was them screwing around with him. You know? Or, uh, what's his name? That Arnold inducted into the Hall of Fame. Why is his name slipping me? Oh, shit. Where is my brains today? See, it's because it's late. Come on, help me out, guys. That's just where my head is today. Arnold inducted. Come on. you. Man. Madison Square Garden. Bruno San Martino, man. Come on. Yeah, Bruno. Okay. Yeah, I don't know my name. I'm just a little tired. But yeah, Bruno. Like, for example, Bruno San Martino. Like, think about how much heat they had with WWE and it took so long for this guy to forgive them and for everybody to be cool again. Like, imagine if they managed to get Bruno to come on for something like that and they just threw some, some underneath shit at him like that. You know? Those people would have probably on live air gone into a shoot and they would have had to cut away or something or they would have said something about it and jeff Jarrett still might they act like he's not known for it he is known for it. that's why i'm so surprised he's fucking here exactly because if there's ever no longer a contract between him and them which i'm not even sure if there is he'll say something karen will say something has anyone checked her twitter has she said something? karen's not contracted with them i'm going on twitter right now no, I don't have the time, but somebody please in the chat room or somewhere, check Karen Jared, check the Jareds out. Tell me what happened, because we haven't had time to see if there's any, been any coverage of this since it happened. I, I wouldn't be surprised in the next 24 hours to see Karen straight pull a Rebby. Like, because, yeah, they, you know what they did? That was wrong. To think, that's that's why you don't miss kickoffs, you know, because they use them to throw people under the bus. Like a piece of shit there. <laughs> anyway, Universal title, I quit Hell in a Cell match. Try to say that three times fast. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defending his championship against Jay Uso. Now, uh, obviously, Roman goes over here, but uh, the finish was very well done. Yeah, finish. We're gonna get into the whole finish, uh, which uh, but before we do, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what we were talking about, which was uh, the previous encounter with Jay, where he got that lay. We were talking about this in the chat room. And I remember Jay came out <laughs> with the great. Jay came out with the lay, and I remember I was asking Destin and Chan, I was like, "What was that thing that he wears on his head?" The lay, and he was like, "It's a lay." And I was like, "Yeah, that, that'd be great." Like you know, if he has this lay, and uh, he he took his cousin's lay when he won that first time, and then like now if he wins, he gets like another lay. I was saying to myself, like you know, now he'll have two lays, and it'll be Keep like this, mind, this odd... is before both guys have come out. This is like during like the promo package, right? This is way before they even come into it. I'm like, it should be like this ongoing thing where like he just keeps getting lays, and then this, this, it will be like every every day and every time another lay until you can't even see his face anymore. And I said it would sort of be like High, high Chief Peter Maivia, like as he went, he keeps winning Simone stuff. You know, because, like, the Usos keep bringing out shit that's, like, Samoan, like, representing their family. He keeps winning. He leaves it. Like, by the end of it, he looks like High Chief Peter Meyer. Like, he's a fucking, he has, like, some sort of, like, a walking staff. And he has, like, <laughs> he's not even wearing pants you anymore. Go. You know, he's wearing, like, a leaf fucking skirt and, <laughs> and lay. He, he, For those who around, every now and then, I don't know how we keep doing this. <laughs> but we say something, and it's like the universe is like, I watch this. Yeah, so we're talking to Chatmer about this. Seconds later, fucking Jay comes out wearing a lay. And I was like, there it is. He is. He might get another fucking lay. This is going down tonight. He's going to keep taking their lays from them. And then I started joking around. I was like, what a great marketing thing this would be. If Roman gets like a deal with lays potato chips, you know, got to have all the lays, you know, repackage him, make a finish called the layoff. Oh. Oh my God. It'd be great. But would that be the spear or the the choke? That's the question. Yeah. It would be something completely different. Yeah, I would make a whole it, third finisher. It should be the chokes since the lays goes around your neck, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, that would oh yeah, that would actually make perfect sense. Just the way that we are giving you gold, right? Yeah, the way that Seth slowly became more and more Messiah like, just have him become more and more Simone like, you know, like it started out with one lay and now he doesn't have the vest anymore, he's shirtless. Eventually he loses the pants and gets the leaf skirt. You know? (laughs) And like slowly gets worse and worse. Like the more ass he kicks, the more Simone he gets. Before you know it, he's like literally looking like Umaga. Oh my god, bone in his nose (laughs) and all You know, the whole fucking thing. Motherfucker's not even speaking English anymore when he goes in the corner instead of going, ooh, he goes, yeah. yeah, that's it. Just have him speaking Simone. He doesn't even speak the English language anymore. You know, have, have Paul Heyman. Is he going to have him there? Have him translate. You know, what, he doesn't think that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to freaking dirty his tongue with the English language. So now he <laughs> speaks as the high chief. He only speaks Simone. And what I like about this thing with him and Paul, it's a completely different relationship than him and Brock. Like there were points in this match where Paul looked scared for Jay. Yeah. Like it looked like, I'm not responsible for what he's going to do anymore. A different, yeah, cool. a different chemistry for a long time. I think we talked about him getting that tattoo while he was gone. Yeah. A different chemistry with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. You're right about Which that. Which I like. Where it's like, yeah, he seems less, he's less of a ruthless Paul Heyman, even though like Roman Reigns is a heel, like, and he's more in the background and less of the, of the voice. You know, and it's like he doesn't like he, even really need to to be involved, which I'm glad because he ha- they don't really give Paul Heyman people anymore where he needs to do heel shit anyway. Like they're always dominant enough where it would be weird for, for Paul Heyman to need to grab a foot from under the rope or anything, you know. So he's just kind of there in the background. And I do like the yeah. fact that with Jay, he's looking at him like, damn, this sucks that this has to happen to you, kid. I think at one point um, near the end of the match, he even said, like, he won't listen to me. And he said it with a level of fear in his in his voice. Like, y'all don't understand. It's not that I'm telling him to do it. It's that he's doing what he wants to do. I'm there to suggest. But that's funny. Yeah, and, and suggest he does. But this was a very good Hell in a Cell match. And it was really, 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 really good storytelling. You know? This was absolutely insane. I mean, the finish was probably one of my favorite finishes in a Cell match I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so it was weird because there's a few things. It's hard to go straight into the finish because the whole thing chained together. That's when you know that it was really good. But yeah. uh, it, it was like literally a sequence of events that turned into the finish. Yeah. But uh, so where will we start from this for it to really? I mean, well, the fact that so, so Roman had hit multiple spears, like each yeah, one so I think harder like, than the last one. The turning point is where he sandwiches uh, Jay's head between the uh steel steps Ooh. and the turnbuckle for a drive-by and then uh the ref is trying to stop the match uh but he went literally whipping the ref and throwing him out of the out of the thing which by the way the ref was being too noticeable during this he was a mark for himself whoever that ref is mark mark for himself refs I mean, are supposed to be ref that was like in the hardy orton match where he was just like screaming and shit he was like i don't want to yeah. count the refs are never supposed to be loud and noticeable i'd punish that dude legit because the ref was distracting from the storyline that's going on like him telling jay to quit isn't going to be any more encouraging than roman beating his face in while he's doing it you could just shut up every like like, five seconds you're not supposed to notice the ref and he was loud and obnoxious i could hear and see him more than any other ref and that used to be something that you'd get in trouble for like in the old school days i don't like that the fucking ref i I know what he looks like i can't tell you even though i'm aware of who refs are in their careers and shit i couldn't tell you any other ref that refed any other match here by memory except him that's a problem if that ever happens you fucked up your job 
you know, why, why do I notice you more than this in this angle? But he was there. He was loud. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so he throws him out. Thankfully, it looked like he took a good bump going straight over the, the, the top rope, uh, to the outside he, he, before he the took, match. He took a clean way out. You know, uh, then they did all the King's horses and all the King's men, which I don't like when you have that during an I quit match, but not just an I quit match and I quit hell in the cell match, but yet you still are allowed to have all the King's horses and all the King's men and everyone's trying to pull them apart and stuff. Well, um, I think with this one, it was different only because the one thing I did like at this ref did was the way he was, the way Roman was beating on him. At one point he said, this is your cousin. And they were doing it with the way of concern of like, Jay's unconscious. He can't say I quit, but Roman keeps going. Right. So it's almost it's so it, it looked like it looked like they were doing it because it's like at this rate Romans is going to try to beat them out of unconsciousness. So we need to get in there. Yeah, which I guess maybe it's somewhat understandable. But uh, one little botch is Roman fails at throwing the steel steps over the ropes that first time. Yeah, because he decides he's going to bring the steps into the ring and he's about to crush Jay with the steps. And then this is when Jimmy comes in and then Jimmy tries to make peace with Roman and he's sort of pleading for the life of his uh of his cousin. Uh, Roman fucking Ric Flair's and cries on cue. Yeah, which, yeah, they have this moment with each other, you know, <laughs> which as you can awesome. see up on the screen, he's like, he's looking at him, he's like, you were right? You're right, he calls him by his real name, too, right? He's like, this is Josh, I believe. This yeah, he's like, this like is Josh here. Like, you know, but yeah, this is just a moment. Do, man, we can fix this. You ain't gotta do this, man. Come on, Oz. It's Josh. You hear me? See. This is Josh that's laying right here in the middle of this damn ring. Look at me, Oos. Look at me. Look at me, please. This, this is done really well, right? This is excellent. You know we got you. You know we got you. It's always been like that. But this, this ain't it. This is not it. He's a better actor here than he's ever been. He was suffering succotizing around, right? Oh, yeah, this was fantastic. I'm sorry. Yeah, so. Good lord. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, then that, and then that was pretty much another swerve. I mean, obviously it was a swerve. I mean, hello, this is wrestling and everything. And uh, basically, Roman winds up putting him in a guillotine lock. And. It was a little bit hokey at this point, even though I still enjoyed it, because right when he's in the guillotine lock is when Jay wakes back up and regains consciousness. The whole reason why yeah, he's out there... I think uh, Jimmy was shaking him Yeah, while he was in the middle of it. He grabbed him by his leg and started trying to shake his leg. You know, Because he he'd been out up, for a while. So. And he wakes up, and he doesn't wake up the way a normal person who gets rocked or KO'd wakes up, where they're disoriented. They still think the fight's going on. They still need some time to come to or realize where they are. Uh, no, he wakes up with com- with immediate awareness of exactly what's going on and then says he quits so that uh this guy will release the guillotine and it's funny because when you think about it and i i hate to bring too much realism because i get that it's wrestling but when you think about it, anytime someone regains consciousness and they've even done it with their own company uh you know they'll sometimes they'll wake up still fighting you know or completely can you imagine being a fighter and waking up regain that, that would be the most disoriented thing for the world you didn't know that jimmy was there last when you went out everything was way different from when you were got back up but you knew to say I quit and to get around. Like, it was really fast how quickly he knew what to do from an unconscious person, you know? Like, within, yeah, like, but the, five seconds. And yeah, then again, I guess, when you look at that situation, he's just regaining consciousness. He's not going to have the strength, really, to do much else. And it's like, wait, the fam is about to get choked out conscious because Jimmy had, like, a look of fear in his eyes. Like, I have to wake him up before I go out. Yeah. 
And it was like I said, it was so it was different because this is the reason why he quits and uh, sort of he'll let go of Jimmy. And then afterwards, and it's funny because this goes back to the lay. Roman does get laid. <laughs> Roman gets laid all right because they have the, the wild Samoans, Alpha and Seeker are at the top of the ramp and they're acknowledging him as the high chief. You know, like he's up there and they give him a fucking lay. They give him a red lay like they have. Not those yeah, bootleg ones. Yeah, especially designed because like uh, they even mentioned that they Cole mentioned it because um, Jimmy had, Jay had a different one. Certain ones mean certain things. The particular one that Alpha and Seeker went, um, had, which are s- small red ones, they represent pretty much like um a high leveling in the family. Oh, I see. So that he really did get like a lay level. Yeah, up. like Alpha and Seeker pretty much were like you're in. Look at that. That's some meaningful shit. This is some of the coolest stuff that's happened with storylines in a while that they've had. They've, they're funny. They have nothing to do with it because it's all it's kind of like right. a shoot story. They really are. I, 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 I'm wondering whose idea that was because we know it wasn't theirs. Yeah. See, look at how well this all worked out. Must have been all Paul Heyman. Are you not entertained? Heyman and Roman, I hear a lot of the people who mainly are control of for these angles. You know, that's why nothing seems corny or forced. You know, but yeah, this I really thought that this was good. This is Roman's best stuff. This is this is Jay's best stuff. Hell, this is even Jimmy's best stuff, and he just got involved in the angle. Yeah. But as far as the match goes, uh, yeah, this was some brutal shit in this match. You know, I loved uh when. Jay was going for that Uso spot, you know, the corner, the corner Rikishi spot. Roman spears him out of that. And then that second spear hit him with after that was crazy. Like I said before, there was this moment in that, in that second spear where gravity went out for a smoke break when he hit him. You know what it was? I noticed the form of that spear when they showed in the replay. Roman leaped farther than he usually leaped from. Yeah. He usually leaves the ground a lot closer. Something about that one. I don't know if it was meant to deliver more impact or what, but he was airborne a lot farther than he usually is he's managing and i never thought that he's managing to get over one of my least favorite finishers in the business the spear because his are so his is so different from everybody else's because i've always thought the spear is a terrible finisher and then just when i thought a spear was a really really bad finisher edge inherited it and he managed to find a way to make it worse because edge's spears are really really rough where it's just like whew (laughs) <laughs> that so is like, what I, I think what I like with Romans is that Roman leaves the ground. Yeah, like he's airborne. Like, Both his, like you can see the bottom <laughs> when, of his fucking shoes. Feared by Roman, a two hundred and sixty-five pound person is being shot into your midsection. Like that's to me what gets it over. You see the bottom of both his shoes. That's how <laughs> that's how airborne he is when he when he collides with them. That looks you are dope. catching every bit of his weight. You know, and I get the edge one is really safe, and even the Rhino Gore and all that. But that's the reason I've never liked that as a finisher. I felt it was, always felt it was shitty. You know, but his, that's pretty cool looking, man. I mean, Goldberg's, he never leaves the fucking ground. So yeah, but, but no, this uh, is this, crazy. Yeah, Roman probably has one of the best spears. Yeah, you probably got to take a little bit more of that than the average spear. Because I don't see how he'd be able to control okay. gravity. Like, like I said, it looks like gravity goes out for a smoke break at the collision point. Because he's like complete, like he's off the ground. You know, not anything he could do. <laughs> you know, he could probably say words of encouragement about how he's going to, um, you know, take care of you. But I just don't that's, see that's why, I don't think that he has that contract with gravity. They didn't say they were going to take care of you. I think that's why it caught me when he got hit with some so early. I was like, oh, he got hit early. This is going to be rough. Because you can see every spear, his reaction was worse and worse and worse. Because it's like he's getting hit with another one. Then yeah. another one. I think he got hit with like four spears in this night. Yeah, he got rocked a lot. And then Jay desperately goes for the Yapapai on Roman. And he gets some shots in, but when Roman gets it I back, I saw it and I almost could type fast enough. Yeah, and then Roman gets it back, and then uh, I remember he goes, "I do the whipping around here." 
It's like, yeah, geez, this guy's rough. And uh, they try to go for the the Justin Roberts, Daniel Bryan, you're fired spot with uh, oh, with Jay yeah. wrapping wrapping the yappa pie strap around Roman's throat and trying to strangle him. But he has some issues getting that strap around his throat. And uh, I mean, aside from that, I guess the spot worked. It was interesting to see. You know, Roman manages to get out of it. But actually, no, well, Roman, he loses consciousness in the spot. So there was another moment there. Yeah. You know, in a way that kind of gives Jay a rub where if he would have been as ruthless as Roman and went and got like a sledgehammer or something and tried to bash his head and like the, the tables would have been turned. But early on, he didn't do that. But he didn't finish recovering either. Uh, this was an excellent match. You know, I enjoyed it for what, the, what it was, the story that they were trying to tell, the things that happened. This was probably one of my, this was probably my favorite selling match of the night. Yeah. Well, I can't argue with you there at all. That is fantastic match. Uh, I give it five stars. I'm just kidding. We don't do that shit on here. Anyway, next was the singles match of Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Walk with Elias because he's still angry no. about the uh the fucking the car that wasn't even him. That I don't know how this angle is still going on. You know what the funny thing about it is what makes it even worse, and they pointed it out numerous times. They even said the person had red hair and a red beard. Right. At that point, how do you still think he did? Cause he, cause he doesn't care about logic. He's just angry. Like, first of all, Jeff Hardy's never had a beard his whole time in WWE. It's like, what? Yeah, no, it didn't really make. It, any it's sense amazing how they can just ignore key vital points of a storyline just to keep it going. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. But uh, in regards to the match, do you really have any thoughts about it? You know, it just kind of went through the motions for me. Like nothing, nothing really felt too special about this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of felt like this match doesn't have enough heat for it. It's a shame that Elias was gone so more so long, and his big return isn't like this meaningless feud that makes him look like a little bit stupid. Like, hey, you know, I'm not, I can't study objectively and realize that this isn't the person. Uh, you know, so nah, it's just really strange. That just and, tells me he's just not been watching SmackDown. Yeah, this felt like more of a kickoff match than anything. Right? Like, why wasn't this on the kickoff? Yeah, I have no idea. This really didn't make any sense whatsoever because they wanted to do the R-Truth thing, which obviously made no sense because what did the R-Truth thing amount to? Ninjas and Kozawa when they're running away after he goes over? <laughs> and I, don't even remember I forgot the, they we, came out. I forgot. we. I don't even remember. We didn't even talk about it on here. That's how little we cared about the kick. We talked more about Jared. Then we talked about the uh, R-Truth going I mean, over well, we, we talked for like two seconds because yeah. remember it was like fucking Drew's, fucking Drew's where my car, whatever. Um, Drew's, Drew, where's my car? <laughs> That's just, that's his new fucking beer. Like that's. Oh, <laughs> I put more effort into that one liner than they have in this whole thing. Yeah, it was easy, man. Drew, where's my car? I don't know how I didn't see that one there. <laughs> you know what the sad part? I thought about it when you said, "Dude, where's dude? Where's but my for car?" For these guys, for freaking Morrison and this guy. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, because I remember you said in the chat room when we talked when this match was going on, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, Jeff Hardy, he, he's another guy who he's supposed to get his music back. And I thought he was going to get some sort of a push or something. And it's just like they're not really doing anything with him at all. You know, he's just he's just constantly being reminded by each person that he feuds with that he he was a junkie. It's not even like one person anymore. It's like anyone who feuds with him, their go to is that he was a junkie. They literally that's not even on that commentary. Joe brought person. it up and it's like, yo, y'all feud ended already. What? I get over it already, guys. We know he drank. He was on drug. We know. We know the story. Move on. Jeff, 
Elias continued to believe that you were the one that ran him over with a car. And it looks like tonight, by grabbing his guitar, and that you took a personal. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can, I'm a very peaceful human being. You know, I'm a very calm human being. But, like, when you get accused of something you didn't do for a long time, it gets on your nerves. And, and it got under my skin. And that's what happened out there tonight. You know, I just kind of lost control. I raged a little bit about him accusing me of doing something I didn't do. So I took the guitar to him before he got it to me. And what else can we expect between the two of you? On Raw, I mean, anything's possible, so uh, it's far from over. And I look forward to uh, having a fair match where nobody gets disqualified. I kind of lost it tonight. Thank you, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Or Jeff, this is what we can do. We can nip this pointless shit in the bud and get you to a feud that actually matters. Sound good, buddy? Sounds good. What would, what would you do with him, though? Like, what, what feud can he be in that actually matters at this point? Oh, I don't fucking know, but something else better than this. <laughs> You know, they they should have cut him loose. That way he could have been with the other Hardy. But then again, I don't. I, I think the last thing I want is a Jeff Hardy over in AEW where everyone's allowed to do whatever they want. You know, like he does a little bit too much whatever he wants. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's kind of like, I don't want, like, we'll have Jeff Hardy coming in in the fucking flying saucer. Yeah, at least somebody will be bringing up bullshit from fucking years on ago. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah why you gotta bring up bullshit? <laughs> you know what the bad part about it is? It's, it, it's so bad that with this point, they bring that up so much in storylines. I'll take anything as long as that's taken out. Yeah, because at least the flying saucer would be like, "Holy shit, didn't see that coming." Whereas now I'm like, "Oh, he's a junkie. Who saw that coming?" No tastefulness whatsoever. Like it's it's not like it's predictable and tasteless. Like that's a double edged sword right there. Like, like is this the only reason that people confused with Jeff Hardy now in 2020 is because they don't like the fact that he drinks? (laughs) Yeah, right. Is that it? Because at that point, fuck it, I guess the guy in fucking row 209, seat B with the blue hat and the fat face can feed with him. Is that the case? <laughs> the fuck? Why, 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 do we, why do we have fucking Mormons running down the ring on their bicycles and their white suit and black pants with fucking up Hardy? They don't like it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Gotta have an angle, man. Jesus, that's not an angle. <laughs> don't have to have a good angle, just have an angle. Since we get the Money in the Bank contract match, who thought that we would be in the cell? Having a Money in the Bank contract match. Isn't that weird? I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, but it's kind of like, hmm, okay. You remember how great it was in the days when you won the Money in the Bank and then that was just it? Yeah, you know why? And because I love how they slick mentioned, and yeah. see, they, they, they did this real slick. I like how they did this. They mentioned, oh, it's been what? They said like 13 years since somebody's uh, lost the Money in the Bank contract match in a match. They didn't mention who it was, though. By the way, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, they also don't mention no. They also don't mention Damien Sandow. That's the person who they don't oh, no, mention. No, no, Sandow cashed in. He just lost cash in. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Kennedy he lost to Cena. They gave him a really good workhorse match against Cena as his contingency. Because you know what the funny thing is, I thought they were going to mention the fact that it's been years since the since the briefcase was on the line in a match. Because the last time that happened, I was thinking about it when this match got announced. It was uh, Rob Van Dam and Shelton Benjamin. They went Intercontinental title versus Money in the Bank briefcase. No, 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 no. The last time that the Money in the Bank was defended in a match and it changed hands, and it's one of the most popular times, ironically, it was Johnny Morrison and R-Truth. R-Truth had the Money in the Bank. This is literally how R-Truth got the gimmick that evolved into what he has today. R-Truth had won the Money in the Bank. And then Morrison convinced him into giving it up in that match. And he won. And R-Truth went crazy and was whipping his ass going, you took my spot. You took my spot. And he was throwing him all over you the sure place. You sure I wanted to get into the match? 
No, it wasn't the two R. Wait, was it to get into the match? You're right. It might have been to get into Drew's the match. never been Money in the Bank. No, you're right. You're right. It was to get into yeah. the match. So you're right. This might have been the first time since. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, 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 and cool. I'm talking about it. I'm talking about like. Well, actually, no. Hey, yeah, Cooler's right. Cena and Ziggler. I guess I. You know what it is because I forgot Ziggler. Was, I, I just yeah. About so Cooler got it. Yeah, it was a ladder match and Ziggler retained. And you know what it is because I just forget about Ziggler accomplishing anything because he just sits here. Holy shit! Cooler gets this now. one. See if this was a if this was freaking. Jackbox, yeah, exactly. I was thinking if this was Jackbox, he'd be in there, man. Look at that. Everybody had the wrong answer on the board except him. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess the last time, but yeah, I guess it's happened only two of the times. I didn't mention that. Something that somebody actually remembers. Not when freaking Kennedy lost at the edge because he was dumb enough to put the thing on the line. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so there's all kinds of different. We're going to get into an interesting one that happens tonight because, uh, thanks to that freaking people's court shit. Which I guess that that uh that song must be royalty free to people's court because they just used it freely. You know how they are about music. Mm-hmm. But uh anyway, so Miz versus Otis, money in the bank contract on the line, very 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 predictable finish. It couldn't have been more predictable. I'm I was so pissed off that it was as predictable as I visualized it being. I had I pretty much thought Tucker's gonna turn on this guy. I wasn't sure how, but I was like, Tucker's going to turn on this guy. And they've been making it obvious for like a week. Then it was like, once that whole thing happened where, uh, they got rid of, uh, who was it that they got rid of? They got rid of, uh, freaking somebody before Tucker tried to hit him with the money back. Was it Morrison? It was Morrison, right? Yeah. yeah he tried to hit him and he got caught on the Which top I love how he freaking and skipped the, to my loot across the apron. And then the ref pointed at him and she was like, you get out of here. You know, and then he was like, Oh, I didn't do anything. And they sent him up the ramp when he, when, 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 uh, Tucker wound up with the, uh, briefcase at that moment, it was 100% obvious to me that he was clocking this guy with it. Like from the moment where Morrison was gone, I was like, there we go. Here comes the fucking turn. So that's what pretty much happened. Tucker taking out Otis with the money in the bank briefcase for Miz to go over. So, uh, and they do a backstage interview. Tucker, it was the typical heel turn. Tucker felt unloved, underappreciated, felt he was the one carrying the team and Otis was the one getting all the attention. He was tired of it, blah, blah. You've heard this a thousand times. They didn't put any effort into this one. Um, so, but my thing is, so Otis loses the money in the bank briefcase. Final flash! Thank you for the love. Um, Gavino Valleys, who has liked the screen. Thank you very Preach. much. Much appreciated. So, uh, Otis loses this briefcase. Where's Miz girl when you need her? Because this oh, was a Miz girl a... moment, if there ever was one. Fucking Tucker chick. He ruined Otis's Money in the Bank winner for a heel turn that's going to mean nothing in a week. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's what bothered me more than anything. I was like, wait a minute. He turned heel and in a month. nobody He's going to be on main event in a month and nobody's going to care. Yeah. I was like, but... how do you turn on your meal ticket? Because I don't know about you, I haven't given a shit about Tucker the whole time his machinery has been a thing. It's been only Otis. Yeah, no, but I mean that's the whole point. You 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 want the guy who's over to stay over, and then you want to try to get the other guy over with heat. You know, Damn, ain't nobody getting Tucker over. <laughs> I feel like that would make more sense if it's actually possible to get the other guy over. Ain't nobody getting Tucker over. That's gonna be that's gonna be like Shad when when, when Shad turned on GG and became a heel. Yeah. Now, if you listen closely, you can hear everybody trying to remember when that shit happened because nobody cares. I, I, I was, I honestly was. <laughs> I still don't. Exactly. It was brief. That man came out in a, in a, in a suit with music I don't remember. 
Yeah. But it was what you would have expected out of the match, you know, like it had its ups, it had its downs, you know, both of these guys worked, they did what they had to do here. Uh, I noticed Otis with that discus clothesline. Is Otis left-handed? Because uh, that was kind of crazy. He really laid him out with that left-handed discus clothesline. The spin was so fast, I didn't realize what was happening until he connected. Yeah. I'm going to need him to keep that. Yeah, nah, he's really rough, man. You know, I like him. You, You know, I've always, since the beginning, since like literally his NXT debut, you know, I've always been like an Otis guy. Yeah, you know. he's always been, he's always been the sizzle. Like he's just, he's entertaining to watch. His promos are just naturally funny, and the guy can go. Like, yeah, no, for everything sure. about him is very animated, and I think that's what makes him so good. Like his personality, along with the fact that he's probably one of the most animated people in the locker room. Yeah, no, he definitely is, and uh, yeah, the match definitely worked, and I'm glad that it led to something. You know. As opposed to uh, nothing happening here. And clearly, they gave up on whatever push they were going to give him. So much for the Otis being a top guy push. But at the same time, he got new music tonight. You know, he got that. Yeah, uh, he did. You know, so it's kind of weird on both accounts. You know, what which was I, which I, That just tells me Tucker's probably going to be stuck with the heavy machinery stuff. But, you know, he yeah, got his that, new uh, music fits that, that new blue collar working man thing, you know, especially oh, since yeah. that's what he's going to be now, since he has no title shot anymore. You know. <laughs> He's gonna be the blue. I'm telling you right now, they better have a hell of a payoff with this Miz as Money in the Bank winner. Like, yeah, that that's what they. Oh, but you know, Miz. I've always told you the Miz's cashing was my favorite of all time. We need to get a, a older Miz girl. That was in 2011, 2012. We need to get an older Miz girl now for the shot when it happens. Get her in the angle. You know what? It, oh God, I just realized something. But I'll tell you when we get to the end. Okay, this is gonna be exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm already excited. This is going to be. <laughs> but, but you got somebody. Like I said, Miz just, to me is responsible for one of the greatest cash ins of all time. Oh, because yeah. nobody Damn expected. Like, go back and watch that cash in if you guys don't remember it. You know? He, he had just finished that match with Del Rio. And it, he barely survived that match. And then Miz's music hit. And you heard the general reaction of no fucking way. No, it was, it was Orton and, and Wade Barrett. Was it? Oh, yeah. It was Orton and Barrett. And I think Del Rio interfered or something. He did somebody. I think he feel like he was there for something. So okay. it was a uh, so Orton Orton was coming out to defend the title and Nexus jumped him. Oh, yeah, the yeah. So then he came limping down the ramp later on, still to defend the title. And uh, he had a match against Wade Barrett uh, in the middle of the ramp. In the middle of the match, Cena, who was fired at the time by Nexus through that other Survival Series storyline, shows up and he hits freaking uh, Wade with an AA when the refs distracted. So then uh, Orton barely manages to. Uh, to freaking get the win on Wade. And then Miz's music hits. Then he winds up coming in there and he has the match and he finishes him off. So Miz is, is a, is an opportunist there. And he remember he had Alex Riley with him there, which by the way, yeah. Johnny Morrison, you know, the way he was celebrating with him, he's the new, he's, he's the new Alex Riley. It's a shittier. You know, like that's what Morrison is. He's in the proper role now. He's like the brand new Alex Riley. Morrison, Miz, congratulations, Miz. You are the new Mr. Money in the Bank after all your attempts. After Riley. going to court against Otis, what are you feeling right now? By the way, in court, my mom like was so Riley. proud. She always wanted me to, be a, me to be a lawyer. And there I was, first time being a lawyer, and I won. Then came to here at Hell in a Cell, and I'm walking out Mr. Money in the Bank again. Again. Who would have thought? MCMIZ was going to become Mr. MITB at HIAC on WWE PPV. 
Impressive. Go away. Wow. That was. I don't know if you've heard. Hey, hey, ho, ho. I want someone to cut his hair off. Crazy. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Oh, man, we got to celebrate tonight. A lot of hey. On a real note. This contract now is in the hands of a person that will utilize everything this allows. This allows me anytime, anywhere to go after the WWE champion, to go after the Universal champion, SmackDown, Raw, it doesn't matter. Pay-per-view, anywhere, anytime. On another note, I just want to ask, what is your reaction to Tucker? Uh, I, what, I don't know. What makes this business great? Uncertainty. And I don't know if you've read The Secret, familiar with it, but when you're following your true path, your true destiny, the universe aligns itself to help you achieve what you're supposed to get. I so, didn't need the universe, John. I could have beaten Otis You would have Otis beaten him anyway. You were destined to win tonight. That's what I mean. Absolutely. But you know why I was destined to win tonight? Tyke, Tucker. Do you know where we are? Oh, yeah. This is the Amway Center. Amway. This is where I cashed in my first money in the bank and defeated Randy Orton. I remember walking down these halls after beating Randy Orton my first WWE Championship. Everyone clapping for me. Everyone patting me on the back saying, you know, you did a great job. You are the next guy. Because it's but tonight, uncertainty. Tonight, how, no many, how many people it. were there? How many people were there? I mean, exactly. (laughs) And all the virtual fans watching around the world. So millions of people saw and are sharing in this moment of joy. I mean, I remember after that WrestleMania, I think you said everyone is living in your moment. You remember that? And they are. Ah, Now they're living in our moment. Finally. Who knows when we'll cash in? Could be tomorrow on Monday Night Raw. Like I said, uncertainty. See ya. Interesting. (laughs) Congratulations. So there you go. I'm so glad they didn't do a thing. What thing? You know the thing. Oh, the hey, hey, ho, ho shit? Yeah, yeah, that shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's a lot of things. I'll, I'll be okay with him cashing and winning if he gets rid of Morrison ahead of time. Yeah, turn on Morrison like you did at Alex Riley. Except do it before the cashing. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I can't take this Miz seriously cashing in. You can't go from hokey to world champion. Like, no, stop that. Well, he went from... from not world champion, but from babyface to hokey. Yeah, but he wasn't world champion then. And that was more their fault than anything else. He's by got the way, power. You. He say by the way, thank you for the new likes on Facebook over there. We see you guys. We haven't forgotten. If you're new, hit the uh, on Facebook, what is it, the follow? Well, if you, or like the page in general. Yeah. And, you know, we do stuff like this all the time. SmackDown Women's title, Hell in a Cell match. Bailey defending her championship against Sasha Banks. So, uh, the finish being Sasha goes over, uh, Bailey with a bank statement using the chair to wrench her back. Yeah, pretty much the same chair that she used to try to crush Sasha's throat a few months back. So, yeah, exactly. And Sasha got the monkey off her back. Third time was the charm because Sasha gets her first win inside hell, inside hell of the cell. Yeah, no, this was crazy. And it goes without saying that there was a lot of brutality. When it comes oh to stuff that God. was happening in this match, like they had some Yo, really Sasha crazy stuff. Shit about her safety in these matches. This was match. This was definitely match of the night. Oh yeah, you know, to say the least. Um, they, I'm. This should have been the main event. I don't know why it wasn't. Like this is something yeah, that yeah, apparently been the main so, event. at some point in this past week, this was supposed to be the headliner. Yeah, but at some point in the past week, they switched it over to Drew versus Orton, which was a big mistake because the pretty much everyone's taken out of it by that point. Like this is something that you go home with. Uh, Drew the, and Orton, for me, the way this way that match turned out, they should have opened. Yeah, they should have been the first of the three. 
Yeah, see that meteor she hits her with there? That's pretty crazy brutality that she has. She springboards off of that ladder that was bridged set up and then into the corner with the meteor. Then the hits her with all old finisher, Bailey the Belly on top of the ladder to a close two count. But you know that Bailey's not going to lose to her old finisher, but I just like the statement that that made there. You know, things like that just really made this cool, you know? Yeah, Sasha's meteors were on point tonight. Yeah, all of them look rough. Yeah, I like that opening spot too, where Sasha drop kicks Bailey's signature chair out of her hands and it slides under the cell just as it closes, just because it takes tremendous timing for them to make that look as good as they do. And these two seem to have that a lot. Um, you know, also, you know, Banks also on the outside before that meteor we saw on the screen there, you know, when she was doing the running jumping meteor, um, into the side of the cell, you know, and then she does it again in the ring. And then the third meteor, um, that she hits is on the outside. Um, which is crazy because the way she lands, she could have broken her own tailbone with it. Um, so yeah, a lot of brutality here. Like there was a unique use of the cell from these two without it being suicidal. And that's something that I like that they always, people always get upset when the cell's there and it's not used. And whenever someone says that the only thing that they're thinking by it being used is that the two people climb up to it and either fall off of it or fall off the side or something or go through it or something. They managed to have a unique and innovative use of the cell, uh, without anything crazy. Uh, Sasha, especially with her being on the ring apron and then to avoid Bailey's attacks and strikes, she would jump from the ring apron and then cling. She sort of Spider-Man up to the cell and then when bailey would jump to the cell to get her she'd spring back to the apron you know like stuff like that you don't really see people do too often which is made it made there be a use for the cell without it having to be crazy uh you know i mean a lot more of their creativity came as well with the kendall sticks i think at one point sasha had had stuck two of them between each of the holes in that top part of the steps and then through the um through the mesh of the cage yeah, one of them, up coming back to buy her though. Yeah, one of them actually fell out, but then Bailey winds up when Sasha runs at her. Bailey winds up uh, hitting Sasha with a drop toe hold onto on the outside, and she falls through the one candlestick that's still bridged across the outside into the steel steps. You know, and then Bailey she winds up bridging a couple more across while Sasha's still down, and then she hits her with a catapult because she's on the ground under where she just went through the thing. So she basically she bridges a couple more above Sasha who's laid out, and then she hits her with a catapult going upwards now into the two new ones that were set up. So that was also creative offense. Um, all the stuff I like was Sasha hitting the sunset bomb into the cell on Bailey. Uh, Oh that freaking running sunset bomb into the chair where Sasha back her head. Yeah, Bailey returns a favor exactly with sunset bomb. You know, and Sasha hits the. It looks like back of her head right into the steel steps yeah. in the corner. Uh, and then there was like this weird thing. It was funny. I don't know what was happening here, but they literally abandoned the spot. But Bailey gets this the duct tape and she takes these two kendo sticks and she duct tapes them together and tries to set something up. And then she just doesn't do it. She just whatever it, it looked was. like. What she was going to try to do was basically almost kind of make like a kendo bridge and it looked like it was going to be something along the lines of what they did earlier but the sticks just wouldn't stay straight and that to me was amazing that she literally just didn't do it i wonder i I wonder if i could go back i could find out how she conveyed it to sasha oh we're not going to do the thing no i fucked it up skip (laughs) (laughs) you know like what happened there you know i'm curious to see what that was now you know the sticks didn't cooperate just the, two, the sticks are just there with this awkward duct taping on them. You know what I mean? Like there, there is definitely someone that uh, you do not want to try to fix your red ring of death. <laughs> and it's like what it was. And, it, and when I, when they walked past it again, I know what they did wrong is that she tried to tape the very center. What she should have done is because um, they overlapped each other. She should have taped where each one ended. If she had done that, it worked out a little bit better. But yeah, she'd, uh, 
<laughs> that's probably gonna be the graphic it's just the fucking that that thing no 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 wrestler in the shot just a close-up of just that abandoned thing that she left yeah, there with the, yeah, with the two kendo stick. this poor band is probably still there right now <laughs> oh. like no one ever used it it's just this poor abandoned thing that she was gonna put her through somehow and it just didn't work out and they went oh fuck it just leave that thing go to the other side of the ring and keep working holy jesus but yeah, I thought that was hilarious when they have. Aside from that, they did really good. You know, yeah, these girls. I mean, these girls always put on absolute shows, stealers, and they did not disappoint. No, not at all. A lot of brutality here. Um, it's strange how Sasha looks like she literally kills herself sometimes for some of these spots. That girl must have one of the most durable bodies in this business because the way she just throws herself and lets people throw her around. Um, on their YouTube, they uploaded what they do every now and then it was like it was basically a compilation of some of the best hell in the cell matches the one with her and charlotte was in that mat was in that bit and it was just like the way this girl takes bumps like there's a level of fear that just does not exist with her yeah no absolutely sasha has that mentality i've seen with a lot of other wrestlers the only difference is sasha a lot safer at it sausage was like you know what if everything's still moving afterwards we're good yeah, but like you mentioned before, she got the monkey off of your back. In your opinion, though, how do you feel about the way that they booked her journey um, to being world champion? Well, I do like the fact that they pointed out, and I'd actually even forgotten about it, that uh, she had not won this championship. She's only ever been Raw Women's Champion. Yeah. So it was kind of fitting that she realistically got two because she's never won, she had never won inside of hell in a cell before and she'd never um won the smackdowns women's championship but definitely the road to this match ever since that turn Chip, you know I what like, you just made the list oh no oh uh, here we go thank you for the follow there shahani Shankar shahani thank yeah. you for thank the thank you so much for the follow yeah. but yeah this um it, it I, I it's kind of funny i found it a little bit interesting that being that ever since they started like really feuding since this happened, this is only match two. They had the match on SmackDown and then they went instantly into Hell in the Cell. So it kind of makes me wonder because I feel like it's not over. I wonder where you go for after this. And that's part because- of my concern. I kind of thought that uh, for the for the history that they had and for as long as Bailey was holding that title and for as long as they were friends and tag champions, the end of that sure felt fast. It felt like yeah. between the time that she turned on her and her winning the title was like literally a month but you know what scares me though i don't think this is the end this what what, what almost kind of concerned me for their safety is it's kind of like how do you top the level of violence that hell in the cell match goes to there's a couple of ways you could do it but yeah. somebody might die in the process and then there's the fact that angles are always harder to get over when the when the baby face isn't chasing anymore it's always go back and look in history it's always harder to to have good storylines and it's always harder to get the crowd invested into a storyline where the baby face is the one being pursued and if you go back into your own memories and think about it all of your greatest memories that you always think of are always going to be when the baby face was going after a heel champion and they finally got them in that big match and they won and went over you hardly ever really think about when they are champion and people are trying to get them and they're just defending the title it's always that chase to heading, heading that moment and that big championship pop so i'm just saying that for sasha as cool as this was it's just kind of weird to me that it's like yeah hell in a cell that really it was good but no one gives a fuck about it like in the history of pay-per-views but you have a uh, big ones coming up like in january you got the royal rumble you know and uh 
that leads to the road to WrestleMania. And again, this is a big feud. They did a documentary about this feud. Uh, you know, it, it, it went over a year of her having the title and it just kind of feels like now here we are. And at the biggest part of the season of wrestling, you're going to have, uh, your baby face not chasing, you know? I mean, if anybody could pull that off in a few, these two for sure can. I just, I, I'm, I want to see where it goes. I want to see what's next because I feel like it, you can't, they can't end it right here. It realistically has to keep going, but it's going to be intriguing to see where it goes. Yeah. And I also wish they would put a little bit more effort into turning people babyface nowadays. They put more effort into turning Bailey more heel than they did into turning Sasha babyface because, you know, in my book, you know, if you're evil and your other more eviler or a friend almost kills you, that doesn't make you a babyface in my book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just makes you the victim. You know, like if this it happened in like a comic book or something, you know, like if the Sinister Six turned on each other, you know, and all of a sudden like freaking Green Goblin threw a pumpkin bomb on Sandman, we're not going to be like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, Sandman's baby face now. Like, no, they're both asshole. They just turned on each other, you know, like you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Um, God, I'm trying to remember which movie, uh, Bojack Unbound was. It was like when, it was like when, when Bojack threw that girl in the Gohan's blast, like she wasn't babyface before she died. She was the heel who got turned on. Yeah. You know, you're just a sacrificial heel. They need to give her more stuff that she's going to do. Or I don't know. Maybe, you know, this should be over. If they really want to elevate this and do something else, give it a little break. You know what I mean? Like, like, can we have something else happen for a couple months with Sasha Banks and then come back to this in January, maybe? In fact, what you do, because it's a hell in a cell match, that gives you the opportunity to have Bailey off of TV for a little bit. Give it, give it time. Maybe Sasha starts feuding with somebody else right out of the blue. And either in the middle or the end of the feud, Bailey just shows back up. Yeah. I could go for something like that. Give this a break. Let this but, cool I mean, off a little bit. It, it, it's like I said, that's what they used to do with Shawn Michaels and Triple H in like 2002 to 2004. They would split up after a while, but then for some reason, something would bring them back together. Yeah. No, you're spot on about that. Oops, you can it's possible to do yeah but yeah this, this was an excellent match i mean for god's sakes congrats to bailey 380 days as smackdown women's champion yeah holy shit that was one hell of a run man like it's it was it was before was was she pre-pandemic she was right yeah she she tell. was pre she was champ she was champion before the pandemic she was champion since the old world Good lord. And I mean, like I said, like I've said a thousand times with that girl, the best run she has ever had. And I don't think anybody's gonna top that run for a long time. They mentioned it um during on commentary, but there's uh, a list out. I wish I could find it now, but I got a chance to see I got a chance to take a peek at it. If you look at every championship Bailey's ever held, she's right behind, I believe, Moolah for the most days as a women's champion. Yeah. So there you go. Whoever thought out of all the horsewomen that that was going to be the one, because she did feel like I, I know. Shoot, she's recently talked about how people used to consider her the weakest link. Yeah, she wound up being one of the. She wound up being probably, if not, she she's right up. She's been right up there with Becky when it comes to the success. Mm-hmm. Like that girl has been absolutely incredible. She's literally won everything but the Rumble. <laughs> like that girl had such a good run. I don't think, and I think in the era of the SmackDown Women's Championship, I don't think anybody's ever topping that. Yeah. But yeah, she she did absolutely amazing. Yeah. Excellent work from her. Excellent, excellent work. Okay, so let's get back on, to, on track here. 
that was to me again the highlight of everything you know but then we get uh then they surprise us because they give us a good match that uh we were we didn't expect a surprise match you get bobby lashley versus freaking uh jack off right old jack and coke he's part of the rebuttal Those guys, right? Oh my god! Oh, you mean those guys who are like Superman, but it's like a kryptonite, it's freaking ink and paper. Bobby Lashley versus Jack off of the rebuttal. I don't know why they used him. Maybe Evil Uno was busy today. But, uh, uh, he actually had shit to do because his faction actually wins matches. Yeah, well, they decided to throw this feud in here that no one gives a single shit about for the United States Championship. For the U.S. Championship, like that. I like the way you, the freaking uh, these guys, the Hurt Business, did it back. May as well throw that in there. And then for some reason, they needed this clarification that uh, Bobby Lashley was the leader, which is stupid because I always thought MVP was the leader, you know. But then they for some reason wanted to make that clarification that this is like the main guy of it, the most unnoticeable, least personality based one out of all four of them. When you really think about it, all of them have stronger personalities than Bobby Lashley. Even Cedric, who's new to the damn stable. Shelton, MVP, all of them are on the mic. Way stronger, but they have one guy. That's the leader. sweaty. That's the freaking leader. Oh, and man. And of course, I mean, as expected, because it's Revelation or whatever the fuck their name is. Lashley goes over with his heart lock and then just nothing. Yeah, those guys aren't intimidating anymore now, right? Like they I'm just, telling you. They're just like, mass jobbers. They're mass jobbers whose identities me, we know. It's like I said in the chat room. It's why I say they're worse than the Dark Order. Because at least Brody and Colt win matches. Nobody at Retribution wins. You know, and then it's just so funny. You know, they, these guys are, are vigilantes. They, they've committed crime. We have Who's no choice. We have contracts. no choice but to give them contracts and draft them specifically to Raw. You know, really? So if that's the way that this works... I would have been a really evil, maniacal guy. I would have been like, man, these guys are really out of control. I, I had no choice but to give them all contracts and put them on main event. This now, unfortunately, they twisted my arm. So we gave them all contracts, but they're only allowed to be on main event. That would have been high handled that. But anyway, yeah, they gave you a typical match here. Which one is this again? Slap balls. What does he do? Yeah. I forget he's which guy there. he is. He's the TM61 guy, right? I think he's Shane Thorne. I yeah. think so. You can't even tell. The other ones you could tell. But yeah, the, this guy, Slap Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's the least effort I've ever seen in wrestling attire. You know, it's just a shitty... J- I've seen Skeletor costumes during Halloween season, which we're in. Better than... This the, looks, the, his the, mask looks like when you make when you let your dad make you a Jason mask. Yeah, you know what? You're right. So the Aces and Ace were more fucking impressive. I mean, they won matches, so... Yeah, keep, keep in mind, out of all, all these all this different here. companies, whether it's this shitty Bullet Club, whether it's Dark Order, all these other guys, and this is the they, only company that this is the only group that doesn't win. And look at how they titled that video, because you know they're the one who titled their own videos. This is not something you're saying if you're still trying to make me think that these guys are scary and intimidating. This shit was entitled "Bobby Lashley sends Slapjack into Orbit." Yeah, <laughs> only ninety pounds soaking wet with a brick in each pocket, like. What? oh man and then of course afterwards i don't know why what's the point of even trying to help your friend after he loses the match the whole point is so that he doesn't get the l but then afterwards you have fucking keychain and cliff notes who show up to try to get their buddy (laughs) yo i fucking cried when you called that i think that was a keychain and cliff notes you know it's like why did and again listen this stable 
my biggest problem with it, you could do a stable like that. I've always liked these kind of things when done properly, which this wasn't. There are people in it that didn't need it, that already had gimmicks. You usually take people, the whole point of this is people who aren't known. You take like a couple of top guys, put them as the leaders, and then you get unknown talents over on the underneath part. But it's kind of like you have people who are well-established who are like, Mia Yim does not need this and neither does Donovan Dijak. Like those are two people who like, they, they're way too known in the indies as Mia Yim and Donovan Dijak. Like we're talking decades of them being in the indies as Mia Yim and Donovan Dijak. To just give them that and discard like everything that they have for, and, and if you're going to do that for someone and cause it's worked out in the past for some people, but this isn't going to be something that's going to work out. You think that they're going to stay slap nuts and, and, and jiggle balls later? Like in a fight. Like, when, they, when there's oh no longer God. a fucking rebuttal. And it's like the worst part about it is, and I said it in the chat room, this is like the fourth time I've seen Medium on TV in the two, three, four, five months they've been around. Like yeah. you ever know she's the one she she had literally had the worst attendance out of all. Like it was fine too. It's cause when you mentioned her uh, in in the chat room if she was gonna come out, I was like, no, she made her one camera appearance for the night. She's done for like a month. And then she came out a second time and I was like, Oh, she's here again. And then and then only there's a poor Mercedes Martinez Tina says they dropped her stock significantly because look at what what happened to her. She's the only person that Robert Stone fired and then like retribution got rid of. You know, nobody wants her. What a damn shame. You ruined her too. Christ, I thought Keith Lee got bad, but at least Keith Lee wound up in freaking Flash! That scared me that time. Yeah. Thank you, Emma, for the like. Appreciate you. Hey, man, we popping on Facebook. I swear to God. Come on. Yeah, Facebook, get is, Facebook is the is the place. I mean, no offense to any other platforms, but like if I, if we ever did settle down, which is possibly coming in the future, I, I could definitely see that. Which we've had that page since 2014. It's just now we're we're doing live broadcasts on it. it. Seems to work out. Thank you for all the support there, because I noticed the support never stops there even when we're off the air. Like the content there um, is utilized a lot more than anywhere else. If you want to support yeah. us, by the way. And you're already supporting us on another platform right now. I would kind of like to see, uh, more likes and comments going towards the Facebook page because I notice right now our communities are scattered. So people will say things here and there or to our DMs. Try to point things towards, uh, the comment section of this episode and future episodes. Let's try to get around a little bit more into a focal thing, not counting the live people, obviously. But, uh, yeah, appreciate the Facebook stuff. It's going really good over there. Thank you guys. And of course, everyone on the podcast platforms as well. All right, how much more of this shit do we have here? We're up to the main one event now, match. right? One more match, as Christian used to say back in the day, right? Just one more match. They want that because they wanted that gimmick to get over so bad. Yeah, and they never got it. Nope. Okay, uh, Helena Cell title match, which again should have been before this. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, with the finish being Orton dodging the Claymore, countering with the RKO. And by the power of Grayskull, the match actually finished. Because yeah. you've been here for a minute. The last two years, and I give him shit for it every time. Why is a why is there a no contest available in Hell in the Cell? That is pretty shitty and stupid. You know? I've literally heard Jim Cornette talk about the fact that they thought Mick Foley died after the second time he got thrown through in the same match. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody at any point was like, stop the match. Yeah, no. The match itself was definitely, it's, it was passable. I'll say that much about it. Yeah. You know, they had, it that was big, the least brutal of the three. Yeah. They had that sequence on the spots there in the ring. Drew's overhead belly to belly on Orton into the table on the outside. I thought that looked really good. Um, you know, you have McIntyre who was, um, 
taking that uh, off the cell bump, which we are seeing here. You know, everyone has to take the infamous fall off of the side of the thing bump. And that was yeah, here. because being that that thing is at least a solid few feet higher than the old one, can't go off the top like you used to. Yeah, but you know what? Those kind of things, that to me was all they had. They weren't innovative like Sasha and Bailey. There wasn't much here to talk about aside from literally this spot. Like they did the stuff that Randy Orton story and as Roman and Jay. Yeah, like this is way too much. It's way too burnt out. And yeah, I give them credit. Like, yeah, there's the spot. Boom. So Drew takes that. That's supposedly what hurts him and, and slows him down. That's the excuse for him losing the title. Is that happening? You know? Yeah, but I mean, besides that, there wasn't really too much else to this match. But I mentioned yeah, the fact that literally just a few minutes ago, I just noticed something. What year was that that Miz cashed in? Or was it 2011? Uh, I believe so. So Randy Orton's WWE champion. Miz has money in the bank again. Can you imagine if Miz cashes in on the same guy? <laughs> it didn't hit me after the pay-per-view. Like that's what air. you could be right. This could not be this, over. This is a Orton fights Drew McIntyre one more time. Or even this worse, is... if they want to make this the way to Miz, because the Miz usually does it in something big that will like break people's hearts. If they really want to fuck somebody over here, have it be fucking Orton versus Edge, and then Miz cashes in. Oh my <laughs> because God. Edge isn't going to stay full-time anyway. So you know how crazy... Dude, if there's people back in the arenas, the roof would blow off of the place if Edge goes over Randy Orton for they the title. Riot. And then all of a sudden you hear, awesome! <laughs> Just like last you know time. <laughs> Understand people... That is not a work. That is a shoot. That hit me during this show. I could see that. I had not realized it during the pay-per-view. I had not realized during uh that whole thing. Yeah, yeah I, I could give a shit about the record. This is more important. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that hit me on the air. Yeah, no, I told you we're going to get a beautiful cash-in. That's what The Miz is known for. He's a sneaky bastard. You're going to get a beautiful cash-in, man. Well, The Miz was going to be even worse. And it's funny because since it's The Miz, I always try to... And that's one thing I give them credit for, as bad as their booking is. They always manage to do it when you don't expect it. Because people are always going, cash-in, cash-in, cash-in. But it's always the time when no one's doing it that they catch you with it. You know, and it's going to be one of those times because I remember with the mess thinking, I'm going to keep my eye on you, motherfucker. And still, I was I was totally not even thinking about that. I was thinking about freaking John Cena coming in as a guy who's fired to fight Nexus. I was thinking about Orton defending the title on Wade Barrett and like a thousand other things. And when that shit hit, it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about the money in the bank briefcase. You know, it'll be one of those things. You're going to have fucking um, blow balls and T-Jack running around fighting people in the background with freaking uh these guys with the with the hurt business dudes, you know, I you're gonna have you you're gonna have the, the fiend. You can come up with a different name every time. <laughs> you're gonna have the fiend and Alexa Bliss telling all, forwarding all over the fucking place. I'm telling the Miz is gonna pick an ideal spot that's gonna make people hot. That's one of the things that I love about that. So Orton can enjoy it for now, you know. Wow, Randy Orton, congratulations! Finally defeating Drew McIntyre to become the WWE champion. Now, you've achieved 13 titles here at WWE with everything you've gone through with Drew McIntyre. Is the 14th sweeter? Is the 14th sweeter? I think it is. And I'll tell you why I think it is. It's because for the longest time, I have been a legend killer. I've put many legends out to pasture. I have ended many careers. But the word legend is thrown around rather loosely these days. Some have said that I'm a legend. 
I think they only say that because of my accomplishments. I have many of them, and I think that's because I've been here so long. I started when I was 19, been here 20 plus years. What this title means to me, my 14th title, you, you ask, is it sweeter? And I said, it is, I'll tell you why. Because there is a very short, yet impressive list of men that have had this title 14 times or more. Ric Flair, John Cena, Triple H, my mentor, Triple H, my mentor, Ric Flair, one of my greatest opponents and someone who I've fought tooth and nail in that ring more than anybody else, I'd venture to say, John Cena. So that short list, I am now a part of that list. So yes, I'd say if tonight's win didn't make me a legend, well, at the very hell least, it definitely is sweet. Congratulations. Yeah, well, it's always in safe hands. Throughout the years, I've always seen that whenever WWE needs a good old-fashioned reset, just hand it over to Orton for a little while. We figure this shit out. You know, that's how he has it 14 times. There were 13 other times that they needed a reset. You know, give the title to someone who's safe hands. Actually, let him hold it for a while because the last couple of times it's just been boop. Okay, now it's gone. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, overall, uh, this was an interesting and entertaining pay-per-view. You know, I don't really have as much to complain about. There wasn't really as much fodder or nonsense. And uh, the matches were, were well done. The cell was utilized. The color actually works good. Nothing felt like it wasn't visible. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that kind of I wish would have been done better is like how they had like the little fiery display in the last one. I'd have done that for all the real. Yeah, just have that be a thing for Hell in a Cell since you have all that pyro money now. Like just every time that fucker comes down, like make it a, like all the experience. Cause. Yeah, maybe you know. For now, they're trying to save cash on everything that they do. <laughs> We're lucky that Bailey gets her pyro. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking here to see if there's been any news or anything. But, no, I'm not really seeing anything in regards to... I'm just looking for Hannah Sonos. I'm not doing any other kind of news. But, yeah, no, no injuries or anything, surprisingly, even though we saw, like, a few nasty bumps. At least if there were, they haven't been reported yet. So, nope, we're looking good. We're looking safe, thank God. Everybody's okay, especially you, Sasha. And, yeah, the dirt sheets are already reporting. Elias calls Jeff Jarrett a junkie on WWE Hell in a Cell kickoff show. They're not even saying that it was implied. They're just like, he called him a junkie. Like, yeah, that's, what it, that's what it is. Like, it doesn't need to be implied. Like, he straight up had that man call another grown man a junkie. He called him a junkie to his face. Yeah, and then, of course, wow, that's incredible. And, uh, yeah, I didn't catch that he called him slap nuts. <laughs> that's great. Oh, no, someone's saying that it would be funny if he said that. I see. All right, well, there it is. Now you're going to see how that develops and what, what people are going to be saying about that. But there's heat there. <sighs> Anything else before we wrap up here? Um, Regarding the pay-per-view, no, but a brief thing Uh, on a personal note. Because it is past midnight, it's kind of funny how the junkie thing comes up. I had to take a moment to uh shout out my friend Abby, who is officially three years sober. Wow, congratulations. Did you did you shout out on here last year? I think so. Okay, yeah, wow, that look at that. Girl, you're really, that you're girl, a consistent guy. Oh, yeah, she she is one of my very, very, very close friends. And I was like, I watched, I basically, I met her when she was still actively an addict. So right. I've seen that three-year transformation. So every year, it's like really, really special to me. So. That's really cool, and, man. 
I, I had to tell, I had to take a moment just to, cause she had worked. That girl has been through the ringer. So I was like, I had to tell, I was like, let me, I was like, I was going to do it tonight or Monday, but I was like, fuck it. It's past midnight. I might as well. So Abby, love you to death and congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good when you, when you can control that kind of stuff and when you have discipline over that, it, it always pays off, you know? And when people make it to the other side, they realize that, you know, oh, it's yeah. really cool. Not everybody makes it to the other side. Yeah, which is a very scary and tragic thing, you know, but, you know, good for those that do and always fight, oh, fight yeah. the good fight. Man, do that. All right. So we're good here. Yep. We are good. All right. That being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire evening and on the chat room, even during the uh, the pay-per-view before we got on the air for the post show, including our regulars and our uh, new people, Willie B2, Stacey Streams. Cool eyes. Thank you for the host, Simon Senpai. Thank you as well. Nightmares also. Thank you for the host, sir. Uh, EB Gamer, King Quest, L Law 0385, Joey Tupaz over on Facebook. Thank you. Garino Valles also as well. Thank you for the likes. Santinas Martin, Santos Martinez Flores as well. Abdullah Mahama, Emma, uh, Bloodluster, uh, Princess League, and of course, all of you that have been listening across the airwaves on talkbrush.com iTunes, Stitcher, all the other popular podcatcher apps uh, including iTunes, SoundCloud don't forget to tune in tomorrow night for the main flagship show if I missed anybody I'm sorry that being said ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live this has been your Hell in a Cell 2020 post show hosted by yours truly Rick Dara aka Captain Brunch for myself and my co-host Destin we're out of here Later, people. Watch out for the fire horn. Shut it down.